All right. Well, hello everyone. Welcome to uh, on the on the barricades uh, with uh, Boyan Stanislavski and uh, Dr. Maria Chernat. I'm Yuri Smadur joining uh, jo joining the barricades for, and we're we're trying to we're rebooting uh, on the barricades. Our thumbs up, thumbs down, which we try to do at the end of uh, at, at the end of uh, every month. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, and and I'll be uh, and I'll be kicking off uh, our thumbs up, thumbs down, and my thumbs down is going to be for the Canadian electorate for giving Justin Trudeau another minority government as opposed to giving him the boots. And I'm a bit, you know, sort of, you know, tired of, you know, of, uh, yeah. That's you know that's sort of my beef. So in Canada, we, uh, you know, recently there was a general election. Uh, it was a very unnecessary general election. Why have a general election during a pandemic? Justin Trudeau wanted to basically increase his uh, majority. He did not get a major. Uh, he did not get a majority. It's still a minority government. Although, funny enough, the Liberal Party actually increased their seats, <laughs> and it's anyhow. I'm and it's. It's under my skin. I personally think that the guy should have been punished more. I would have liked to have seen, uh, you know, the NZP, which is the traditionally social democratic government, and the Greens, you know, displace the liberals. But that didn't happen. And then when you ask a lot of people uh, or, or, or you analyze it, a lot of the left in Canada is still engaged in uh, tactical voting. So we need to vote for the liberals so we don't have the conservative party in. All sorts of complicated stuff like that, and I'm sort of tired of you know of the excuses people make for why they have to keep voting the Democratic Party, the Liberal Party, and so forth, as opposed to actually you know doing a proper protest vote, which is voting for you know true left wing parties or at least you know proper center left parties like the NZP and so forth. So that's my thumbs down for the Canadian electorate, although my thumbs up. Is that the Conservative Party didn't get in, and uh, you too? In uh, uh, pr probably, I've been noticing this in uh, you know in Romania and Poland, but in Canada and in much of the West, really, there's been these anti-lockdown folks, anti-lockdown folks, anti-masks people, <laughs> and these anti-vax, you know, you know, you know, fundamentalists. And I thought that the Liberal Party of Canada was going to lose because there was. Many of those kind of protests happening across Canada, people against masks, people against, you know, the lockdowns, people against any type, uh, you know, and of course, you know, the anti-vax, you know, fundamentalism. And I thought that the, that, that the Liberal Party was going to lose because of that. Luckily, they didn't. Luckily, you know, uh, you know, the Conservative Party and the People's Party of Canada, which uh, which has been championed this, did not, you know, you know, didn't get in. So luckily, many of the of, of the Canadian electorate didn't fall for the whole anti-lockdown, anti-mask, anti-vax uh, stuff. Although it is quite frightening to see, uh, you know, this movement really mobilize and you know, and gaining steam. So, 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 in that case, thumbs up for the electorate, and also thumbs up for the uh, people power movement in Canada. Uh, specifically with regards to the indigenous solidarity uh, movement, uh, that's really, really, really gaining steam and is really, you know, pushing back against. Uh, yeah, and that, it, yeah, that's 
that that's that's my thumbs up to see a lot of uh to see the consciousness of the plight of indigenous people really in the psyche of people. So that's my uh, thumbs up. I would like to ask you if you could just explain for the viewers, especially the ones in Eastern Europe, maybe we are not so <clears throat> familiar with what's happening in Canada, first of all. Not at all. No. General information on the electoral system. I mean, who rules Canada, actually? <laughs> and... Uh, then how was it possible to have this figure? Because you see, you are we are criticizing leaders like Vladimir Putin that he stayed in power for too long. But I've been hearing from Justin Trudeau for quite a while now, from the time that he was branded like this feminist man that is good looking and very progressive and so on and so forth. Dwight Obama. Yeah. Uh, the second part and the related the first one that I want you to address, they're close together. What are the main candidates? Because you already spoke like we know who these people are and who these parties are and maybe uh, a little bit of, of basic information. So who basically rules Canada? <clears throat> That's a very good uh, question. I'm trying to find... Uh, I'm uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm, I'm I'm trying to find my notes for how the electorate system is. But basically, in Canada, they have a uh, they have this uh, system of of uh, you know of, of electing their leaders called for, ca called the first past uh, for, no first past the post system. It's a sort of winner takes all thing. And in Canada, if I'm not mistaken, and if and, and if I and if, and if I understood correctly from Dimitri Lascaris, you have what's uh, you know you have uh, what's called uh, what's called your riding or your constituents and, and you know and stuff like that and so you don't so you don't exactly so so you vote for so so you vote for the party so you vote for so, so if there's a liberal in your riding if there's a conservative in your riding and you vote for them whoever gets the most the most of that vote automatically gets into uh, parliament i'm not sure if i'm if i'm if i if i'm explaining that correctly but that's sort of you know how it works and Yes, and 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 before the general election, the Liberal Party of Canada was ruling a minority. Uh, was ruling a minority government. Their their main challenger was the Conservative Party, which is a, uh, which which is the center right party. What the Republicans are to the U.S., what the Conservative Party of of, of England is. That's what the Conservative Party of Canada is. The the Liberal Party of Canada. I personally. I describe them as a center right party, as a rival oligarchic party, but many people argue that they're that they know that they're a centrist party or that they're a center left party, which I don't really agree with. And then the third major party is the uh, NDP, and that's the Social Democratic uh, Party, and that's where most of the left usually votes for or usually hopes that they can be a, a force for a good in parliament, and. And how, how um, yeah. tell us about the percentage. How much the liberals, uh, the conservatives, and these leftists have right now? Just in rough numbers um, to have an estimation. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to find that right now. Canadian. Because in Romania, no. we had mostly the social democrats. 
But now the last elections that uh, took place two years ago, well, almost two years ago, uh, we had the national liberals. They were second, though, very close to the social democrats. And then uh, they had to form an alliance with another right wing party that is Union Save Romania. Okay. And, well, to answer and, and and to answer your question, all right. So so the last election, the Liberal parties won 150 seats. The Conservative Party had 121 seats. In uh, Quebec, the Bloc Québécois, which is the uh, Quebec uh, Nationalist Party, which tends to lean towards, you know, towards the center left, they had 32 uh, seats. And then the and then the NDP, uh, the NDP had 24 seats uh, before. The Liberal Party now has 160 seats. The Conservatives have returned with 119 seats. The NDP went from 24 seats to 25 seats, and the Greens uh, had th- and, and the Greens had three seats. And I think now I think the, I, I I think it's only plummeted. I, I I think it's I think it's you know only plummeted to two. They've not made any gains whatsoever, which I won't get in uh, w- w- which I won't get into because it's a very long, complicated story which has to deal with with bitter divisions regarding Israel Palestine. But but the uh, leader enemy uh, Paul, non impressive leader, she's uh, she's resigning and and it looks like there's going to be another leadership challenge and we're hoping that Dimitri Lascaris uh, gets back in and hopefully wins uh, you know second time around <laughs> can you can you just very briefly say about the legacy uh, Trudeau's legacy I mean <laughs> because everybody's uh, there used to be a moment when uh, the entire left uh, was very excited about him and uh, it has decreased in the <laughs> I don't know last years or months or, or something and I, I just wonder because uh, you know, to me, he doesn't seem to be a particularly appealing person, and he he's never been like that to me. So I'm just wondering, Likewise. Uh, if you could just yeah, if you could just explain very briefly, like for our Eastern European audience, why would anyone get excited by a person which is not exciting at all? I mean, I don't see anything exciting about mm-hmm. Justin Trudeau. Like only the, you know, I, I remember only one phrase when he said that we're going to have a lot of women in the government because 2016 or something like that, or 2019 was it? I can't even remember the year. <laughs> because it was so meaningless. So uh, like so meaningless in a sense, I, I'm sure it was great for the women that were in the government, but I don't think it really changed anything globally or, or in, 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 in any kind yeah. of global feminist perspective. Uh, so I just wonder, like, wh- what was the excitement about, really? What, what was... Uh... I think I, I could say from my part that it was a lot of PR, and we have to admit he's very good looking, so <laughs> he had that on his side that is very important in today's politics where looks counts more than political programming and actually yeah. getting things done. And also, he, I think my intuition is from what I saw, because I saw on feminist groups uh, a lot of his speeches being circulated around, he knew what to say uh, in to appease, you know, some sort of anxieties related to not enough women uh, in the government and to appease some sort of uh, liberal, progressive uh, sense of reality. If I, and to be more of an identitarian in terms of uh, politics you know and to appease that kind and to 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 respond to that kind of uh, wanting you know to have uh, people that are uh, seem progressive at least in cultural terms at least this is my my understanding of how was it that he was so popular for many 
of us on the left? I would say the the lib. Well, uh, how 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 to explain the Liberal Party? I think this is just my gut feel. I think a lot of people when they hear uh, when they hear the term liberal, it uh, it, it it has. It, it has a lot of positive images because because when you say I'm a liberal, people think, oh, that means that you're that you that, that that you're tolerant towards you know minorities, that you're pro LGBT, you're pro uh, you know you're 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 compassionate towards the poor, and you want to uh, you know give them you know a leg up in society. And the Liberal Party of Canada, which uh, which again it often uh, depicts itself as a centrist party, and some and 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 some people would would, would describe it as a central left party, and that's been the that has been the dominant party in Canada. What the Democrats have been in the U.S., what the uh, Labour Party has been in, in you know in, in U.K. politics, that's basically been you know the uh, Liberal Party, and I think the and and I think. Uh, Justin Trudeau. It's important to to note his father was uh, was 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 prime minister for many years, uh, ruled many of those years under minority government, and I think uh, and I and I think having that you know you know having that you know political dynasty, that political legacy, and being part of a party that's called the Liberal Party, it's very easy for for the Liberal Party to to gaslight a lot of people that they're this uh that there's that they're this champion of the workers champion of you know women champion uh, you know you know champion of marginalized groups for many years the liberal party was uh you know you know, you know was you know was out of power they didn't really have you know very good charismatic uh leaders and i think justin Trudeau, uh i think you know Mar you know maria described it very well the fact that he is you know this young uh, guy who 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 people you know claim is much better looking than than who was the pro the previous prime minister Stephen Harper. I think that's played a lot of that that's played a lot into you know into in, into people voting for him, and then because of the of the uh, you know because Canada does not have proportional representation, many people believe that they have to vote for the Liberal Party because. It'll be easier to push them to do left stuff, and they're a much better alternative than the conservative party or what was previously the progressive conservative party. Meanwhile, well, meanwhile, if you keep voting for a party which has a history of gaslighting you, which has a history of talking left, yeah, uh, but uh, can I interrupt right. you here? Because like when you spoke of gaslighting, this is a great tweet which I just remembered when while you we were talking about Justin Trudeau, where it's like 2019 climate march somewhere, and you know he's leading the climate march, right? Like and he's like explaining how 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 it is important to march for climate yeah. and to protest and stuff like that. And someone you know just wrote that, hey, you didn't need to march because you're literally the guy in charge, right? So like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. I mean. I mean. I mean. The Liberal Party gaslighting and, and, and stupid. I mean, the Liberal Party like... talks. So, I, I mean, under Justin Trudeau, the Liberal Party has been talking a whole lot of crap about how they're going to give you pharmacare, how they're going to, uh, you know, address, you know, uh, climate change and stuff like that. Right. And then, meanwhile, because and 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 then going back to what exactly is Justin Trudeau's legacy? Well, let's see. He's bought in the pipeline. 
So he's so he's Mister, you know. Uh, so he's Mister. I'm going to fix climate change. Meanwhile, he's you know he's buying up pipelines. He's evicting you know indigenous water protectors, environmentalists from you know you know from places where they're trying to stop you know new uh, pipelines. Of course, like you mean sending police, and right? Okay. Exactly. And then, yeah, then, and, you know, and then, you know, he says that, you know, you know, then, you know, then he says, you know, we're going to follow a rule based order. We're going to follow a rules based order. And meanwhile, he's supporting, you know, you know, he, you know, meanwhile, he's supporting, you know, coups in Venezuela, coups in Bolivia, and all sorts of, you know, reactionary white coups in Eastern Europe as well, like Ukraine. I'm sure he supported that one. Of course, and, uh, right. and 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 his his deputy prime minister Christia Freeland, uh, which would you know, which, which we won't get uh, too much into, but uh, but she's been part of these uh, far right uh, Ukrainian uh, expat civil society uh, groups. Uh, her uh, her grandfather, funny enough, was the uh, was the editor of a, a Nazi uh, of a, a Nazi newspaper. When when Ukraine was occupied by by the you know you know by the Nazis, so yeah, so, the, so but by the German Nazis with the help of the Ukrainian Nazis, let's just add that because I think it's pretty important that there's been you know a kind of collaboration there, yeah, exactly, exactly, and and yeah, and so 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 this government of Justin Trudeau has been has has been quite a warmongering, very pro NATO uh, government. Unfortunately, because foreign policy is. Poorly, you know, poorly reported on in the, you know, in, in, the, in the Canadian press, and many Canadians are, you know, they think that their government is a force for a good in the world. So that, so unfortunately, foreign policy is not, you know, is not the thing that's going to make or break you in Canadian politics. It's mostly on the uh, domestic fronts. But even that aside, you know, you know, like I said, Justin Trudeau, you know, uh, even when he was, even when he was first running, he said that he was going to fix the electorate system and make it proportional representation. And then of course, naturally he gets into power and it's, Oh, we're not going to fix the electorates. Uh, okay. So, so can, uh, because I think I want to ask one question, which would be, I think a good segue to the next uh, sort of uh, part of this uh, segment, uh, because uh, the main focus for us here in Eastern Europe over the last 18 months uh, has been, of course, the, uh, well, I have to be very careful, I guess, with words and, and algorithms and stuff like that. But, but you know, the question of the general, uh, you know, pandemic mm, situation, right? Uh, uh, and, uh, yeah, like, I really want to be careful with words because it's very easy to trigger the algorithms, you know, of YouTube when you speak about that. So, uh, like, how did he deal with uh, the general, with this situation, with this aspect? Uh, because... You know, we can see that what's been going on in America, uh, like in the United States, and we can easily see what's been going on uh, in Eastern Europe. And uh, I know that Maria has a lot to comment on in regard to that, but uh, perhaps you could just, you know, do this comparison very quickly between the U.S. and Canada in this particular uh, respect. That's very good. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll you know I'll, I'll I'll try to be as brief as I can about it. I would say uh, it's been a mixed bag. Canada's response to the uh, to the ongoing uh, to the ongoing coronavirus uh, crisis. Many people have criticized that the Liberal Party of Canada did not do enough to bail out to people uh, to to you know bail out people, bail out small businesses and stuff like that. And I think and I think those criticisms are warranted. 
However, luckily for Canada, Canada does have uh, a form of a single-payer healthcare system, unlike the United States. Uh, but there, but there was a scandal that the uh, Liberal Party, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you know, allowed many, pe- uh, you know, allowed many people in elderly homes to basically uh, die. So many, pe- so, so many of them were exposed to uh, coronavirus. There was not enough uh, funding. Many people have criticized liberal government for not being more prepared for something like a pandemic and for allowing too much, you know, private, uh, uh, private uh, social uh, care homes to take over. But on but on the other hand, uh, you know, there there have been some people that have been uh, bailed out, but certainly not enough. And I think because of that, that's led many people to to have uh, to you know be to you know protesting against lockdowns, protesting against any kinds of uh, uh, meaningful measures on the coronavirus. And of course, there is the issue of the whole. Uh, anti-vax stuff which i which you know which i won't get into because that's another subject for a whole nother day but uh yeah but it's uh no but in canada there had uh in canada because the government has not done enough to bail out the people it's led many people to become prone to a lot of these far-right reactionary movements who are against lockdowns are against masks are against and and, and of course against uh you know the uh, the uh, vax and stuff like that so it's right. been a mixed bag. It's been a mixed bag. Uh, right. But perhaps uh, just for the end, because uh, we were talking for over 20 minutes now, and I'm thinking that we should actually separate, uh, p- publish maybe this as a separate segment, and then we could switch over, uh, uh, switch gears to and go to Romania and Eastern Europe. But perhaps that makes sense uh, for us to uh, sort of conclude this, uh, this part uh, with uh, some kind of uh, reflection upon whether this makes any difference for Eastern Europe. Because I think it, it, it you know, Let's let's take for example the mining industry. Uh, the the yeah. most of the mines in the world, people don't know that, but they belong to Canadian companies uh, and or are exploited by Canadian companies. And uh, for example, uh, you know, large part of the of this industry in Eastern Europe also belongs, particularly of the of those mines which are most profitable, right? Like uh, uh, minerals like gold, not necessarily coal, right? Because this is yeah. something that traditionally is uh, part of the Eastern European industry. But I wonder whether this has any effect, like his legacy, his reign, uh, and, and uh, perhaps whether it had some kind of some kind of effect on the left. Because we sort of, uh, you know, touched upon that in a sense that, you know, we spoke that some people got inspired for reasons that I cannot identify, but they did get inspired by Justin Trudeau. And Maria sort of touched upon that too, saying that, you know, he made this appeal to feminism. And, and But perhaps we could elaborate on that a little bit, uh, you know, for the end of that segment. And for the Eastern European audience, I would just add that we had a major scandal here in Romania and major protests against the Canadian-based mining company, Gabriel Resources, that actually took the Romanian state to the court and they asked for a lot of compensation, uh, like millions of euros, a lot of money. Uh, And now, luckily, uh, you remember that I told you my thumbs up were for this um, place, Roșia Montana, where we actually we have gold in Romania that was uh, finally listed among the protected sites by UNESCO Heritage Foundation. And this is a big plus for us. We are finally, finally, at least for now, uh, 
we finally escaped the mining project that the Gabriel resources, but the, the trial uh, um, against the Romanian state, it's still going on. And so is this uh, very nice fellow that, uh, you know, <laughs> this Canadian fellow may look very good, but unfortunately for Romanians, this mining company uh, brought uh, a lot of suffering, pain, and uh, I'm very glad that uh, we escaped and uh, they went back to Canada. <laughs> basically. I think I, I, I think I think going forward with uh, I think going forward with with with, with this uh, liberal minority government, uh, it when it comes to foreign policy, specifically Eastern Europe, since Canada is a member of uh, NATO, as you know, as you both mentioned, Canadian mining companies. Are very uh, are very dominant in the world and have a very very terrible reactionary role in the world. I see foreign I see foreign policy. It's you know very bleak uh, you know you know you know very bleak situation, especially when you have somebody like Christia Freeland returning to government and you know you know you know her and the expats uh, community that she represents. Uh, you know, ha, you know, have been responsible for propping up, uh, you know, rival oligarchs and you know, and these um, Nazi, uh, you know, these Nazi movements in uh, Ukraine, like Savvoda, the right sector, and so forth. And now, you know, Boyan, you you know, you're you're saying that you don't think that Ukraine is going to even is, is 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 even going to exist as a country anymore because of the West's uh, because because of well, the it, West. It, it is like just a small correction here. It is going to exist as a country, like Bulgaria does exist as a country, but it's just a territory. Like it does, it, mm -hmm. like all the functions of a country of a state are basically ceasing to exist, and uh, it only they only get activated when people when authority authoritarian leaders like Boyko Borisov, for example, in Bulgaria, right, when they sort of move, pull the strings, right, and and yeah. uh, this is the only sort of responsiveness of the of the entire infrastructure of the state, and only then you get the state to function when there's a, yeah, so a very for, strong leader yeah, at the so, top so doing that. So I think going forward, foreign policy is very bleak, uh, you know, to quote, you know, Frank Zappa, you know, the torture never stops. That's or to quote Lenin, the horror never ends. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What a crossover, Zappa and Lenin on our program. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I only hope, I only hope that, uh, you know, that the, uh, that the Canadian anti-imperialist movement and what I call the ants uh, and what I call the Canadian truth-telling movement, you know, people like uh, Eve Angler, uh, Dimitri Lascaris, Richard Sanders, the Canadian Peace Congress, and so forth, and the Canadian Foreign Policy Institute. I only hope that they are able to mobilize uh, people and further educate people that Canada is not a force for good in the world, uh, and and to be under no illusions that you know that that. that uh, you know that just you know that Justin Trudeau's uh, foreign policy is going to shift unless there's a robust uh, people power movement. So with Justin Trudeau, yeah, definitely, yeah, no, it's 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 not going to be good for uh, Eastern Europe because the guy is very much gung ho about uh, NATO and very much is and very much is is fully on board with the uh, pivot to Asia and endless uh, hot wars and cold wars with uh, Russia and whatnot. Right. Okay. So thanks for this overview. Uh, I think this was very interesting. And I'm actually uh, glad that it stretched to an entire segment because uh, I think it's kind of important to uh, be able to draw the parallels. Well, not not only draw the parallels, but also to uh, sort of try and figure out what is the, uh, mm, uh, the kind of uh, relation between Eastern European countries uh, or... or, or uh, 
like not necessarily as a blog, but even separate countries with uh, places and and big powerful countries like Canada or or others. And uh, also this question of uh, I, I thought it's a brilliant conclusion that Justin Trudeau was just handsome and or is handsome, and this is why he's getting a lot of <laughs> he's getting a lot of traction. I mean, this is you know. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, like this. this is, I'm afraid the state to, of politics to, today. Yes, it speaks to the state of politics and it speaks to the, you know, this theater that became yeah. politics. So, yeah. Our yeah. image counts way more. But, but also the, the fact that he's 110% PR. Yes, exactly. I think this is. That's the that's that that's that's the liberal party for you, and that's why my thumbs down is for the is for the Canadian electorate because for me it's like what needs to happen for you guys to not only oh, stop I, I voting for the liberal party. I, think I can tell you just, what needs to happen. I can tell you what needs to happen. You need to have a, a broad, a, a massive left wing organization, a party, or I don't know, a movement that is going to have a message which is more inspiring than the one that the liberals are putting forward. That's it. Like you gotta have it because if there is no better candidate, or if there are better candidates but they don't have the inspiring message, you know, then they will just not go. They aren't gonna win. And you know, I kept those complaint. I, I kept hearing those complaints for I don't know, pretty much since I I became an activist, right in what late nineties. That oh oh, but you know, I mean, we've got such great. Our solutions are so great, and and you know, our eyes are so pretty. But somehow people don't want to vote for us. Well, this is the the kind of thing that we gotta be able to resolve. That you know, we might have the best of solutions, but people don't believe that we are able to deliver them. People aren't, you know, they're going to be looking for someone else, perhaps, who's going to be in their eyes a little more credible politically and in oral aspects. Uh, and, and that's where they're going to place their votes. So we got to have an inspiring message. And, and unfortunately, what, what is most unfortunate aspect of, of today's political reality, particularly in Eastern Europe, but I would say all over the global north, is that the right wing understands that much better than the left wing. And all those crazy right wingers that used to be somewhere in the fringes of the political uh, life, Okay, they are now getting in the mainstream because uh, you know they they are not afraid to say anything. They will say the most ridiculous, you know, ridiculous thing, right? As long as it kind of you know resonates with the uh, with the general uh, public's emotional disbalance. But you know, emotions are also something that we have to learn to employ and stop thinking that we can just you know by clear reason and by by just being better uh, equipped with thought and, and, and understanding of the world uh, that we're going to be able to break through. Anyway, thank you all uh, for this segment. And uh, I will see each other very soon in the second one.